Welcome to the Beach Grove United Methodist Church podcast, where you can hear our Sunday morning sermons in audio form and take them wherever you go. This week is the fourth Sunday in the season of Easter, and we are diving into the story of Tabitha as a servant in Joppa and her witness and ministry and the communal hope that surrounds her, even in her death and in her own resurrection. As a reminder, our services are available in their entirety on our YouTube channel, which is linked in the podcast notes, and we would love it if you would subscribe to the podcast so that new sermons come into your feed as soon as they are available. You can subscribe using your favorite podcasting app, and if you're feeling really generous, we would love it if you would leave us a rating and review that helps us to grow our audience. And lastly, find us on Facebook and Instagram to keep up with all the things going on, whether you live in Suffolk, Virginia or not. We hope you enjoyed this week's message, and please don't forget to share it with others. The scripture for this message comes from the book of Acts, chapter 9, verses 36 through 43. Now in Joppa there was a disciple whose name was Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas. She was devoted to good works and acts of charity. At that time she became ill and died. When they had washed her, they laid her in a room upstairs. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples who heard that Peter was there sent two men to him with the request, Please come to us without delay. So Peter got up and went with them. And when he arrived, they took him to the room upstairs. All the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was with them. Peter put all of them outside, and then he knelt down and prayed. He turned to the body and said, Tabitha, get up. Then she opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her up. Then calling the saints and widows, he showed her to be alive. This became known throughout Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. Meanwhile, he stayed in Joppa for some time with a certain Simon, a tanner. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. Holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each one of our hearts be holy and pleasing to you, that through your words for us this day, we would grow closer to you, continuing to know and understand the witness of the resurrection of our Lord and our own as we seek to build your kingdom here. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. As I read this passage my mind immediately goes into pastoral mode. As I read this passage, I can only begin to imagine like what is going on in Peter's mind when about an hour's walk away, probably, actually probably a little bit more, Joppa or Lida is about uh, 12 miles southeast of Joppa uh, near Jerusalem. But this, these two men come to Peter and they say, come quickly. Now, I don't know about any of you, but like when my office phone rings and someone says, Pastor, come quickly, Whew. my blood pressure, like right up there, no, um, there's probably a lot of anxiety in that. Clearly, you could probably know and understand that there was a sense of grief and despair from these two men who came to get Peter. Right now, actually, this may be familiar to many of us, unfortunately. 
that phone call signaling us to get someplace quickly because something bad has happened or something bad is about to happen. And as we seek to respond in that moment, we see a passage like this and we see this pastoral response from Peter. Coming to this community and seeking the hope of this communal witness that is around him. I've always looked at this passage as one of those that I need to tune into on the Peter side of this passage. To know and understand that great witness that can be offered in the midst of deep pain and deep grief in a community. And yet all Peter does is go into this community, right? It is in this community's response to Peter's pastoral presence that is the real lesson for us as a community about that inherent hope-filled nature of witness that we carry with us into the world. And it's that communal witness that is gathered around Peter that will ultimately teach us the lesson of the witness that we gain through community. Peter merely offers an opportunity for us to engage in this context. For the church to name those great cloud of witnesses that have come before and who have impacted them, who have been a part of their spiritual journey, who have taught them all of these things, who have created these these awesome experiences, these awesome understandings for them. And while I'm sure for many of us there is this strong desire that they never physically leave us, It is that witness that we hold on to from those who have gone before us that help us to know and understand, to preach, to teach, to know and to share with others that great story of hope, witness, and resurrection. I remember when it was my first year in my first appointment. My first appointment was two small rural churches in Dinwiddie County, Virginia. I've talked about them before. And I had been at the church, the, the, the larger of the two churches, for, and I'd been there for about a month and like a week. So like five weeks. And I get this call from one of the older gentlemen, or one of the family members of the older gentleman in the congregation, saying that, they had taken the gentleman's wife to the ER and that she had passed away. Now, as a pastor, fresh out of seminary, this is my first time in, in not like a real pastoral role. I'd served in internships and everything like that, but like I was on my own. I did not have a senior pastor to rely on anymore. I got thrown into the fire of pastoring, as my DS told me. And I just didn't know what to do. And yet I'd put on a shirt, like a a button-up shirt, um, because I was in running clothes. Welcome to my life. And I went to the hospital, and I remember just just standing there, like, like, what do I do? What do I do in this situation? I had been at hospital beds. I had, I had been around death before, but it just it felt different. And I stood there in, like, the corner, probably the most awkward, like, pastoral moment I've ever had, and I'm like, I have no idea what to do. 
And as, as time went on, what felt like uh, years, but actually probably was only about, you know, two minutes, um, people started coming over and telling me about this woman who had passed away, telling me her story, telling me how much they had been impacted by her ministry. This is just family at this point in time. We're, we're in the emergency room. And then all of a sudden, the family is, is getting ready to leave the emergency room. And like Peter in this passage, I'm like, I think we need to pray. Now, I want to stop because I think you may think you know where this story is going. No, I did not bring this woman back from the dead. I did not bring her back, although that would have been really cool. But I did not. But something else really cool happened. Because when we left that hospital after I had prayed, we went back to the family's house. And then church folks started coming. It wasn't just family anymore. Now it was friends and community that started coming to to, to be with the family. And I kind of hung out there for a little while. And what I noticed was that it was kind of like she had been resurrected. And I use this as an example story because I was so new in this congregation. I, I had not really had a chance to get to know everybody yet. This woman who I'd had the opportunity to meet just maybe once or twice in worship, gotten to shake her hand, see how things were going, but I'd never had the opportunity to hear her story. And yet, as I sat there with family, friends, with church community, it's like this woman came back to life. This woman's story was resurrected in our midst. People would bring letters. People would bring little things that she had made. People would bring quilts that 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 she had made for them. And it was like she had come back to life through the story of her witness. I mean, honestly, there's, there's nothing harder for a pastor except maybe a global pandemic. So there's, but there's nothing harder for a pastor than to come into a congregation like this and to be able to be ready to do a funeral for people that we don't necessarily know fully yet. But I can say with confidence that if you had called me on July 1st, 2020, and God forbid something like that had happened, I would have been there. One, it's my job. But even more importantly than it being my job, it's my calling. But you see, the thing that I appreciate about funerals as a pastor is the stories. Because those stories bring out the hope of resurrection in the community. We do not merely forget these people. They do not merely go away into oblivion when they pass away. But their stories, their witness, their testimony lives on. And if we learn anything from this story, it is that when we hold on to to this nature of communal witness, it becomes a part of our embedded communities. And unfortunately, while I cannot promise that your loved ones are coming back to life, I can point and say, but listen to that story. See the hope and the promise that exists in this person's life because they were so deeply impacted. Because we are a community, and community is nothing without the hope and the witness of the resurrection.
the greatest thing about this story is that Peter is not the main person. Peter is not the center of the story. Peter is merely the receiver of what this story truly teaches us about. And when we dive in and we look, when we see the way in which Tabitha was so impactful on these widows in the community, they're bringing Peter all of these things and look how she changed my life. Look what she did for me. Peter, listening to these stories, hearing. And it almost makes me wonder, as Peter comes to this bedside, did Peter come to to Joppa to raise this woman? Did Peter come to Joppa to bring this woman back to life? Or did he come to Joppa to offer a pastoral presence? And then in the process, sees the hope and impact in this community. Is the story more that Tabitha came back to life physically? Or is it more the hope of the witness of the resurrection that is present in the story that is presented to Peter in that time? Right? What do you think people are leaving that space telling others about? I mean, they probably are saying like, dude, that guy brought her back to life. Like she's still with us. But... He brought her back to life because she's a pretty awesome woman, too. We see this witness of ministry through Tabitha followed through in the community. And we witness exactly who it is. Right? Not only is Tabitha, as we learn in verse 36, devoted to these acts of good work, these acts of charity. But we see the tangible nature of her ministry. People bring it forward. People so transformed that they gain their own understanding and witness of the resurrection in the same. And so this passage calls us to a couple of things. Okay, one, it calls us to this nature in which we ourselves receive witness. We ourselves receive witness. Right, picking those places, those people who have been impactful in our life, who have built our own witness of the resurrection. What are those, those stories? What are those gifts that you have received? Right, there is no denying the grief and the loss of Tabitha's life. But there's also a nature in which these folks know that they have been so transformed by what they have received that they cannot help to tell how this woman has impacted them. And then, this, and then this passage invites us to consider our own physical and spiritual connection to the community as a beacon of hope for the kingdom. It invites us to consider both what we receive and what we offer. Because it's in that story of communal hope that we begin to build and understand our own nature of resurrection, right? Last week, we looked at this encounter that Saul had on the road to Damascus. And we saw changed and transformed by this nature of an encounter with Jesus Christ. And then when he uh, humbles himself to be able to hear that story of Ananias, Paul's life is transformed. Now we see what it looks like to have been transformed. Now we see what it looks like to be a part of this Christian community and to receive this nature and this gift of witness in our own lives. 
And like I told the kids, like, I mean, this is like, it's almost weird sometimes how the lectionary lines up with like weeks in the year. And I don't know if they like pre-plan it or if they're like, hmm, this looks like it'll fit here. And they just kind of put it in. And then it's just kind of ironic what happens. But we have this story of this woman who is so impactful in this community for widows, for orphans, and we're celebrating it all on this day in which we celebrate the women who have grown, who, who, whom we have grown up with. These women who have been so impactful in our lives as we celebrate this Mother's Day. It's not just about mothers, right? It's about all those mothers, those motherly figures who have been in our lives, who have helped us to grow and to be the people that we are today. And in the same way, we carry with us those natures and intentions of witness in our own lives. Present for each of us in those who have come before The community of hope that surrounds us is this way in which we are affected by the ministry of others. And then we go on to affect others' ministry. I often tell it this way, the love that we receive gets passed forward. And we can't pass forward that love of God unless we receive it ourselves. How can we truly have an understanding of the resurrection? How can we truly have an understanding of God's grace if we do not have a community that has helped us to know and understand what that has felt like. I like to believe that even though the community in Joppa knew what the disciples were capable of, they probably knew, oh, Peter, he could raise Tabitha from the dead. But I also truly believe that there was a reason that they called Peter into their midst. They needed a space to grieve. They needed a pastoral presence who could sit there with them. But they also needed to share Tabitha's story. Because they wanted to show how impactful her witness, her ministry of the resurrection was for them. And you have to think that going forward from there, that all of those widows who were impacted by Tabitha's ministry are also sharing that with their own community. And so it causes us to pause and reflect. What are we building a witness of? Right, as we're going around, as as we're helping others grow and develop in their own faith, not just the kids, not just the youth, but all of us. None of us are, are too old to continue to learn and grow in our faith. Who are those folks that are interacting, that we're interacting with, that are teaching us, that are helping us to understand the true nature of the kingdom? What are those stories that we are holding with us? What is this nature of witness that we are building? How do those around us impact our witness? And how does the ministry we receive in our lives become a message of hope? It's more than that grief that we carry. But that grief is a story of witness and resurrection that we can show to others. Of how those around us have impacted us. And those are the stories that we carry on in our own lives. That we tell to others. That we show to others. To show them how our lives have been transformed. And to help others know and understand the love of community and the hope of the resurrection that exists right here in this space and in your hearts. Amen.